Welcome to the Women of Yesen podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, and this is an invitation to join me and our amazing guests to find inspiration and insights into your own journey to Yesen. If you ever feel overwhelmed or confused along the way, I'm also here to support you so you can tackle your challenges with confidence and make progress towards this lofty goal. To find out more about my work, check the episode description and make sure to subscribe. Well, إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله السلام عليكم everyone and welcome to a new episode of Women of Ihsan podcast Today, I'm joined um, by Sarah, who lives in Al Jadida in Morocco. Sarah is a co-founder, the co-founder, sorry, of AI Wonder Girls. She's also a Never Coach, certified business coach and consultant. She's also a Google developer expert in machine learning, a Google PhD fellow, and she's on a mission to demystify AI and innovation, revolutionize customer experience and help multi-passionate, curious creatives thrive. Thank you for giving us your time. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's my greatest pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. I'm really happy to have you uh, today. Before we, you talk about your uh, your career, uh, <laughs> what's your background? Uh, how was your childhood growing up uh, in Morocco? Yeah, sure. So that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> So when I was young, I was like, you know, I was the most curious person you could ever meet. So I was curious about everything. So one of the things I annoyed my father with was like asking questions, you know, random questions about practically everything, like just a simple one. Like, why would um, toothpick, for example, be called a toothpick? Like, why did we give it that name? From where did it come from? <laughs> so I was really curious. So one of the things I like it to do is go through my father's book, you know, because like he, he studied like different things and he had like a magazine called Science, Science et Vie. So I, I really like it to, to go pick it up and read, you know, read stuff. Like I sometimes I didn't understand that because it was too high level. You know, it's about like scientific discovery. So, but I really like it, you know, reading about it and the, the understanding, you know, just like how, how we human beings are, you know, how our biology works how other animals interact with the environment. So I was like a cruise ball. <laughs> Apart from that, actually one of the things I really liked to do was Japanimation, like watch Japanimation. And they really like, that's how I picked up French. You know, that's what pushed me actually to become really good at French. And that's where actually like, I was like a huge fan of the dictionary. Like the, the there was one I, I think it was like Larousse, but like a very old one. Like the in I think it was the one thousand nine hundred something. So I had that one, and it was like really a huge book version. I like it like every day to read at least one page or to look at the pictures of you know anatomy of but, humans. Or like... You know, I'm laughing now because I used to do that as well. <laughs> so completely, like Subhanallah, I can completely relate to that because I loved my dictionary, my, La, my Larousse uh, dictionary, uh, which I got. I can't remember. Maybe I was ten, something like that. I loved mm -hmm. it until it was shredded to pieces. Like after maybe two decades, or can't remember. 
yeah so like that's really you know when you especially when you have a certain curiosity you you're like you always want to learn and if you remember back in 1000 like before the 2000 we I mean, I mean at least in morocco we didn't really have much internet so there was the you know the 2000 laptop if you remember it <laughs> but it's like only until 2000 so there was nothing you know to to quench that curiosity or something to you know focus it books. on obviously like you they were just go, you know yeah i mean you go play with your friends but you can't play the whole day right you can mm -hmm. only play for a certain time so he, he, i had to distract myself with something else so like you said like books were a great you know option and my father had a lot of them although they were too much advanced for me to understand but i still like it you know to go through them and ask questions and annoy my father to answer Mashallah, mashallah. So yeah, that's about like much of my shield. It was just about, you know, discovering. Um, mashallah, that's really, uh, again, I can relate to, to part of that, subhanAllah. Can you tell us more about, about your personal story? You know, as a curious human being, I always had things I was wondering about. And that's like drives much of, much of everything I do, even until now. So I get like, you know, curious about something, I go chase it you know, until I understand it. And then the problem I have is that I get tired of something. <laughs> so like, you know, after four years or five years studying a subject, I get tired of it and I need to change and, you know, move to something else exciting once again. So that's practically how. So when I, when I was young, you know, I was actually in private school. I had like for my first six years were in private school. So we had like diverse set of activities. I like, you know, doing theater. <laughs> I like acting. <laughs> One of the things I actually like picked up was that I actually thought I wanted to be a scientist. You know, mm -hmm. that's what my dream. That's like my main dream. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a scientist and not just any scientist. I wanted to be a very well-known scientist. Okay. Something. But I had no idea what that thing was. So it's because like every day I'm interested in something new. So it's very difficult <laughs> for me to figure out what I want. So when I was back in, you know, I was struggling with this. What should I focus on later on back in my last high school year? What we call like back in, 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 in Morocco. So that last year I was really struggling. I didn't know what did I want to do. Did I want to do computer science? Did I want to become a doctor? Did I want to go do literature? Hmm. So I was like... I was really lost. <laughs> I remember going to a psychiatrist because I read online that they did some tests to help you determine what you can do in life. You know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Usually, like they have some set tests to help you know drive, like like the sixteen personalities kind of tests. Do you mean a, a psychologist like... then? Yes, no, a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist, okay. Yes, okay. because like I'm not sure we have much psychologists. We have more psychiatrists than actual psychologists. Okay, okay. This must be something in Morocco then. Yeah. So like when I when I actually asked him, he didn't help me do any of that. He just told me, you know, he just gave me some drugs to go to sleep. Yeah, that's the thing. Sleep. Yeah, that's what psychiatrists uh, do. <laughs> Sorry, if any psychiatrist here yeah. listening to that, but. <laughs> He actually fed me drugs so I can sleep more. I was really anxious. I was like very anxious at the time. So, okay. it, was a very, so, so it was like very helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And one day when I kept asking him the same question, you know, what should I do? You know, like, what can I do? How can you help me figure out what I can do? He just, he just told me, Tara, you will figure it out, inshallah. It will come. You don't need to know now. You will figure it out later. <laughs> there was wisdom in that. 
sometimes people don't need to get the answer right now right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what I did I just you know I just discovered like I like one of the things I tried was computer science obviously seeing as I'm interested in computer science I really loved languages I am a huge fan of different languages mm -hmm. I was like computer science is similar it has different languages and I just need to learn it so there's a similarity I should be able to fit in but before that I actually wanted to apply to become a psychiatrist by the way I failed at the test okay we usually have tested way before we we get into an actually highly prestigious school so it's a good thing I failed at the test I don't think I would have been able to handle it with me getting so easily stressed that's how actually I got into engineering school. I got once again into, you know, what should I do? Should I do AI? Should I do, I don't know, IoT? Should I do software development? And then, you know, I was like, by the time it was like 2016 and people, you know, started to get interested. I mean, industry, because like research gets way more interested earlier. But like industry started to be really active in AI. That's how, you know, I kind of got hooked to the AI thing. But before that, there was actually a huge opportunity by our school um, where it was like a small trip, but it was like where we had to do a project together with different nationalities. So we were like us, Moroccans, there were Spanish people, and there were Koreans. So it's like they got us together into a team of seven people and we had to solve local problems in a Moroccan area called Bansmi. So practically, it was a very, um, so the project was called SMILE project, and its actual technical title is Beyond Engineering Education. So what they wanted to teach us was how we could use our own skills to actually do good in the world. So we gave us, you know, a local issue, and we had to solve it using our skills. That's actually like, at that part, it was like the most enjoyable uh, thing I have ever done. That like yeah. really left a huge impact on me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I figured out, you know, what I wanted to do in life was to use my personal and professional skills to help people create an impact in the world, you know, like to help solve challenges that give us a headache and help, you know, have a great impact on people. So that's kind of like how it streamlined all of the things I have been doing so far, you know, like. Um, being active on AI for good projects, helping share my knowledge with other people, mentoring, and doing all of this stuff, you know, oh, very okay. AI heavily focused, but like mostly one good for good project. Uh, that sounds great. Like basically when you were able to apply all of this knowledge for something which is like in real life, Mm -hmm. uh, this is where it was the most enjoyable for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank mm -hmm. Especially, but like the most enjoyable part was not just me, you know, use my skills. Mm -hmm. Because like any, the, the problem we had to solve had nothing to do with the stuff I was actually studying. It was more like towards like thermodynamics and like mm -hmm. physics. This was more like different from computer science. But the thing why I liked it was that we got together with a couple of people. You know, we were from different backgrounds from different we spoke different languages and it's all about the team spirit like all of us getting together to do something meaningful so that was like what I really loved about this experience it's to get together with other human beings and actually do some good like you know I could obviously do all projects for good by myself right I could mm -hmm. sit down and code whatever I wanted but I wasn't so excited I never get excited when it's about me and I always get excited when it's like about onboarding people to do something. Were there any problems that, that you had to overcome, like major challenges 
And what were the lessons uh, that you were able to draw uh, out uh, from, from, from these experiences? These are like the biggest challenges I had, like that had the most impact in my life. The first one was how to overcome the fear of failure. So I remember when I was back in my last year in high school, what we call the baccalaureate, I had this thought that I will fail my last high school, right? I was actually a very good student. I always had good marks. So technically speaking, and from a <laughs> from a, an objective perspective, I shouldn't be failing. It just got installed like inside me, you know, that I will fail somehow. And it was kind of like pushing me to overwork myself. It got so bad that actually in my last exam, like b- before the before the baccalaureate, the professor wanted us to do an exam, like one last exam before that. It's very similar to how to how actually it's the, the baccalaureate is, like all the conditions. He replicated all of them. And he actually gave us a paper. And I was like, I couldn't actually resolve a very basic chemical questions. It's like my brain was not working. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I know, it's like, I look at this, I'm like, Sarah, you know how to solve this. You have solved it. I don't know how many times, but it's just like I couldn't solve it anymore, right? And I actually, like, I, I gave, obviously, the professor my paper, and I told him I couldn't even think. It's like my brain wasn't working. He told me, what have you been doing? Because, like, he knows I'm a very good student of his. So he's like, what have you been doing? I told him, like, I am, like, every day, you know, checking physics and then, you know, learning from here and that. And he told me, your brain actually is saturated. So what I asked you to do is to stop actually studying anything. Yeah, he, he told me, if you want to do anything, you better actually stop studying. Otherwise, okay. your brain won't work the day mm-hmm. of the actual exam. My father has a very interesting way of dealing with these kind of challenges. He always says, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? It's death, right? So if that is the worst thing that can happen to you, just say it like this. And that's what I did. I was like, So Sarah, let's assume we failed this year. Okay, so we failed. What are we going to do now that we failed? So I was like, sure, I could like retake the year, right? Mm -hmm. Or I could do this or I could do that. So I started to think of possibilities of after the failure, which actually kind of helped me overcome the fear of failure, right? Although it was really hard, like it's not easy just to say it, to do it, like because I had to keep reminding myself of it every time it popped up. So yeah, that's kind of like one of the biggest ones that was like the biggest hurdle. Mm-hmm. And then there was actually another one moving on forward. Mm-hmm. And I think you you might be you might be very familiar with this one. It's the one where we say like opportunities are limited, right? Mm-hmm. We say like we're in country X. We mm-hmm. don't have this, we don't have that, and we mm-hmm. want to get to the moon, but we don't have something to fly us to the moon, we don't uh-huh. have the means to get to the moon. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't stuck in that point. I actually, you know, at that time when I was interested in AI, I wanted to do, you know, to go and do research abroad. What I wanted was to become a deep learning researcher, you know, like R&D, research and development, mm-hmm. and like work in industry, not in academia, to build solutions that are actually useful. To people to do that i obviously you know need to get a degree that provides that says i'm actually have the ability to do research in this specific area we don't have that in morocco i mean ai is very new right and in 2016 it was really like practically like no 
we were actually like the only school considering doing a big data or you know kind of like data related um, degree in, in my school so I was like I need to get abroad I need to get abroad that was like the, the same <laughs> the same <laughs> shan't I was actually telling myself every day me and a couple of friends so that was like what I always told myself mm-hmm. but like one you know when one time I got to an event called the TensorFlow um, event extended by GDG Casablanca that's actually where I discovered we could do so much things just locally, right? Mm-hmm. There are lots of opportunities. It's not that opportunities are not there. It's that not it's that we don't search for opportunities. Like it's only when I got when I actually overcome the l- limit of there's no opportunities and started just searching and googling and trying to find that opportunity that I want that I actually figured out. Oh my God, there are so many opportunities out there. It's like, it's, it's overwhelming. Like you get so many opportunities, you don't know what to do with them, right? The problem is not in opportunities. It's in, as are we ready to, to take that opportunity first? Are we even looking for it? And is it what we are looking for, right? And is it, and do we have a plan? Like it's because like sometimes we say we want X and when you sit down, you figure out, you have no idea what X even looks like, right? Yeah, like, you have yeah, no yeah. idea what you really want. You think you want X, but you don't even know what X looks like, what mm. you need to get to it, right? So that's like the, the second thing I had to overcome. Mm. And now actually, like the thing I'm struggling with currently, this is like a challenge, a current challenge. It's the, it's the challenge of actually focusing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that opportunities give you when you're when you're too much like, involved in them is that you want to take all of them especially mm-hmm. when you have a fear of not succeeding in one thing and you have a brain that likes to think of different plans as a backup so it's like you're taking different you know from the start you're like having a lot of buckets everywhere yeah yeah and usually the problem with having your buckets everywhere is that usually you have you tend to lose focus yeah because your focus is everywhere yeah, and so exactly. your brain cannot give 100 percent of its potential and so you're stuck with not with you know it's like we say jack of all trades mm-hmm. we have actually a saying in in morocco that says knows everything but actually knows nothing <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's important to to be focused obviously yeah uh, so that's like the hurdle i'm facing right now that's like what i'm teaching myself slowly how to you know get rid of the stuff that aren't going to really get me to where i want and just focus more on one thing. The other aspect I wanted to 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 address is um, regarding your faith. What kind of role did it play in your life throughout these challenges and struggles, even right now, uh, mm-hmm. that you are still experiencing? So actually, my faith is like, if I were to be very honest, it's like it's the hard line, keeping everything together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like without that hard line, there's actually nothing. Like practically, I'm nothing without that hotline. <laughs> so it's like every time I am stepping in to do something, I always ask, you know, God's guidance, right? Like one of the things that I learned when I was very young was that I shouldn't ask for specific, like, you know, when, 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 like when I am, you know, doing dua, mm-hmm. I should avoid asking for something specific uh-huh. first because I have no idea if it's something that is good or bad for me. Mm-hmm. Right, I have no idea what is good or what is bad. I think it's good, but like sometimes you you end up doing, you know, landing on something that is really bad. Mm-hmm. That is like the first lesson I learned. 
The second lesson is that, and actually I keep getting reminded of it every every time, especially when I when I get into something new and I get some new challenges, is that everything is up to God and that everything that is yours, that is supposed to be yours, will be yours either way, right? But the problem is that you just need to learn how to be patient mm-hmm. and to stop thinking that it's going to run away. Right, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like when you're working on a project, right, and you think like you need to get to this opportunity quickly be- before everyone gets to it, otherwise it's go. That's the biggest misconception, right? Mm-hmm. And this misconception, I always like point to it as a trap because like everyone surrounding me still thinks has that mindset. Obviously, I I personally don't have that mindset, but because everyone has it, mm-hmm. I always like get trapped in it like so it's very yeah. difficult for me to entrap myself every time mm-hmm. so that's the real like that's the biggest trap and where actually my faith comes in I always need to remind myself that you know everyone's risk yeah is already set right yeah no yeah. one is going to be able to snatch something of yours if you're working hard for it so mm-hmm. just work and work at your pace there is no need to destroy your health get anxious you know and, and like stress about it no rush but keep working so that's like the 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 that's like you know the biggest issue i have is that i always lose um, perspectives like i lose i i always like don't don't remember that there's no need to rush it's like i'm always working to rush to get to it but mm-hmm. like I, my faith always reminds me and it's actually like where my faith comes in it at like a huge play like plays a really huge role it's to remind me that at the end of the day, I could die tomorrow and even today or even the next second, right? And I wouldn't get to that. So what I need to remember is that working hard is, is important, but consistent hard work is not. Mm-hmm. So it's like ruining my health, forgetting about, you know, let's say, for example, you know, our the most important, which is obviously like the, ability, the stuff that you have to do in Islam, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Ibadah and all of that. Mm-hmm. So losing perspective around what is important your family mm-hmm. taking care of other people and all of that sacrifice it to get to where you want quickly that's not going to happen it's like it's like every time goes you know sends me signals every mm-hmm. time my rush I actually get back like at least two times behind not actually yes. two times ahead so that's like the the where the biggest like play comes in and there's would, a lot of, yeah go ahead yeah. yeah sorry just um would you say that it's um basically um keeping you more balanced yes thank you very much yes especially <laughs> when one of the one of the biggest lessons i learned when i was young and you know, when they were teaching us what is uh, islamic education because we have this in in morocco so we learned something called you know like uh, that mm-hmm. means like the middle ground of all things yeah and like kind of having a certain quality because different because for different things yeah right and so that's a principle i strive to live by mm-hmm. so i understand that there is the need for failure for a need so we can get to success mm-hmm. don't fail with there is no success if there is no evil there is no you cannot see the beauty of of, of the goodness of mm-hmm. things so uh, yeah Uh, sorry. So today we've um, 
with all of this experience, this back and forth and this struggles that you have and uh, holding on to your to your faith, what does it mean for you to strive to become a woman of Yassan, to live uh, with excellence? And how um, how does it reflect um, in your work specifically? So actually, how I strive to be a woman of Ihsan is very simple. Remember I told you I'm a curious person. So what I really want to do is just take a moment to understand God's creation, right? As much as I can reflect on it. And that's kind of how and how I actually like reflect it on my, on my life is by sharing the insights I get Subhanallah. From, from these experiences. If it's it's so also... It's also something we are asked to do, uh, even in the Quran, Allah is, um, yeah. is telling us about all of the signs he put in creation. Yeah. And are we not going to ponder over them? Yeah. So that's like my favorite act to do. It's to ponder. It's like I learn, learn, learn. And then I ponder over what I learned. And I, you know, I, it's like every day when I am, you know, when I'm just, just going by you know to, for my tasks or like watching something it's like I, I always related to what God you know told us to do or you know something like we had to you know kind of like bring us good we already do and bring us good but we don't see the goodness in it mm. and because people don't have it they lose oversight you know they lose that huge bonus mm. point so that's like what I do and even like in science there are a lot of things that are you know reflective it's you know it's like um let's let's take the simple example of eating dates right so these are like usually like before Rasulullah told us to actually eat seven of them yeah right and if you eat seven you can actually last the whole day mm -hmm. right? and this was like way before we had science prove anything but now science proves that like these days are actually enough for you to really last the whole day because they have everything Mm, might actually need for your body so it's like mm. it's like everything ties together and the most important trick is to sit down and see how it ties together and the more you see how it ties together the more it's easier for you to get ahead in life mm -hmm. and to actually expand your knowledge because like if you if you if you look and if you reflect this once you will be able to look and reflect in everything that you're doing Like mm -hmm. one thing can unlock insights in your business, in your life, in relations, in your relationships with people. It's like it it develops a certain, you know, a certain way of thinking, mm -hmm. and that's what we call these days creativity, mm -hmm. innovation. Mm -hmm. This is actually from where it comes. It's from just from sitting down, and you know, trying to see what is the relationship between A and B. You know, to be to be honest with you. I, I look inside, especially this year, I look inside, like a lot of insights mm -hmm. because I, I have taken the time to like kind of take a break from anything, from doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So it's like every time I'm pondering more, it's like I am, it's like they say meditating, but like meditating in an active state, right? Uh -huh. You're okay. going about your day and then meditating. The most interesting ones are like something like, I'm not sure if you ever watched anime, uh, Chinese animes. But usually, like, they talk about something, like, where you go, you sit down, meditate, or, like, cultivate, they call it cultivation, where, like, they gather power from, like, their surroundings to actually, like, cross one level to another, you know, to become, like, better in martial arts. And I am, like, you know, I was just saying, I'm, like, 
I think that's really similar to what we're doing in Islam practically, right? Because that's what we're doing. It's like you're crossing and it's, it's like Islam has actual, you know, levels. Mm -hmm. And your faith goes from one level to another. And mm -hmm. as you grow, a lot of things gets in luck, right? Insights gets in luck. So for example, one of the most interesting one I actually heard from a sheikh that is actually Mar um, Moroccan, but I, I don't remember his full name. Sorry, I'm, I'm very bad with names. <laughs> So he said, he said, remember that when you're angry with someone, that person actually you're angry with has been sent by God to test you about something. Mm -hmm. And most likely you're, you're, you're angry with that person because of something related to you. Mm -hmm. So the Western word says, if you're angry about someone about something, especially if you're really angry, like it, it touches you like personally and you start like, you know, wanting to <laughs> bubble up. So if you're like that, it means it's something that touches you. Let's say, for example, I want to change my habit of sleeping late. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. yeah, sleeping late. I actually want to like switch it to waking up earlier, right? Sleeping early and waking up earlier. Mm -hmm. If someone like if my mom comes and then tell me like this, sorry, you should sleep earlier, and like she, you know, it's like she she make like she makes it a command inside. The the first thing you will be doing is like criticize the person because they're attacking you to you it's attacking right yeah yeah but then you remember that that's that's where you know that's where you know you should remember that people are in are intermediate right it's like we're 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 not here we're not acting hazardously no one is doing anything just because to do it right mm -hmm. so sometimes god might send you a message through someone mm -hmm. sometimes right? with Even people like through your own self yeah, and sometimes um, the people around us, like our families, yeah. um, I think there's a thing that says, um, you know, they're like mirrors. So basically, yourself, yeah. lo you look at them, it's like they are going to to give you, to reflect back uh, the thing you don't like about yourself. But like a mirror, they only show what's there. I agree. It's not, they're not lying. I used to get frustrated. I used to get stressed. I used to get angry at very very simple things but now thanks to this principle i actually like now i get like less angry it's like it doesn't matter like most of the things don't matter unless it's really something that you know requires you to be to be you know reasonably angry <laughs> but it's because like for me anger and like anger creates stress inside which creates anxiety it's because most of the time i actually hold up my emotions i don't let them out so it's like i pile them up so they kind of like create issues for me in my health but now you know through that through that saying and through through me you know pondering like now every time I want to get angry I'm like so sorry exactly why are you getting angry is this really worth me you know like because like they say when you get angry your your immunity system shuts down I'm like is it worth my immunity system shutting down over something like this mm -hmm. so I'm like like most of the time the answer is no and it's actually yeah. even it's the same with opportunities. Remember, I told you like there are lots of opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. when you apply to a job, right? And and you don't and you get refused. Mm -hmm. So I, I use it to get really upset. And mm -hmm. at least at least I had to, you know, criticize myself for half of the day because I didn't get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, so before we you know, you know, before you start, this is like with me, this is monodialect. Before you start criticizing me, did you even want that job? It's like more about very simple, mundane things that I do, but usually like you cause a lot of issues in my health. 
that's like the biggest inside especially this year around yeah around but like mm -hmm. you know the simple things as much as like remembering the fact that at the end of the day everything is up to god like even mm -hmm. just as breathing is up to god like god gives us everything right and so one of the things we don't do is that we think we don't thank God enough. You yes, know, like probably. in the Western world, they they have a journal. Yeah, they the gratitude, you, like, gratitude, yeah, the journal. gratitude journal. It's like they tell you be grateful 10, 10, you know, at least in the morning and then 10 over once before you. And like we're like and we were like, you know, testing our, you know, musbah, and then we're like, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Well, so exactly what you're doing you're reciting some kind of poem you're you're not right mm -hmm. like with with them what they do is like they know what they're grateful for they list it i'm grateful for this and this i remember you know like the most impactful thing i started the year with was um was the video that bob proctor stream streamed mm -hmm. on one of his on one of his conferences around the paradigm uh, shift and what he, what the video had was, it's, it was very simple. He said, you know, it was like recounting what you're doing every day, but at a slow pace. Mm -hmm. And he, like he, the, the person, you know, do, do, narrating the video, he was saying, one of the things we should be grateful for, he was like listing everything we're doing day to day that we're, mm -hmm. we should be grateful for. This, the fact that we have a sunny day today is something you should be grateful for because it help, could have been rainy. They could have been fluids because every three months we have a catastrophe happening. Mm -hmm. Just like last year we had COVID-19 is still roaming around. Mm -hmm. So this is, he was like telling how you should be grateful for everything. You should be grateful that your kids are still with you. You should be grateful that you still have health. When I'm saying I'm grateful, I should remember what I'm grateful for. Because mm -hmm. if I remember what I'm grateful for, I truly feel it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not about you saying it. It's useless. You don't get the full potential when you say it. You need to feel it. Are there any other, you know, routines or habits that you are keeping and uh, that are helping you uh, on a daily basis? Yeah. So, like I said, remember to remember to see the potential in just the simple things you're doing. So, like when you're waking up mm -hmm. and you're like, you know, let's say you're taking a glass of water, mm -hmm. take the time to actually, you know. To sip that one. Take the time to take it slow and go through your motion. You know, this is like one of the things that um, I'm trying to learn how to do, to be present at everything yeah. I'm doing, you know. Because like, that's what is requested from us. That's one of the things that is requested. We need to be conscious of what we're doing. That's the, that's the difference between a human being and an animal. I mean, right? It's as being aware of what we're what we're doing and what yeah, is happening. Yeah, yeah, the number of things we do as uh, and we are absent-minded. Yeah, like like really you said, like you catch yourself. Why? Where am I going? Why am I doing that? I mean, it happens to me all the time as well. And <laughs> and you you're right. Uh, the best the best cure to that is just pause and yeah. take a deep breath and refocus. Yeah, just just ask yourself, what am I doing right now? And be in the it's present. Yeah, yeah. We're always running after something. I don't know what. <laughs> so that the, we, ne we are never in the present at the end of the day. You know, remember, they like in the Western world, they say to do meditation so mm -hmm. you can focus, right? Did you know that 
the, the salat that we're doing is actually an improvement of the meditation. Because like previously, when people learned that there was a God and they wanted, you know, to worship God and all of that, they were getting creative around how we can worship God more. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was meditation. And mm-hmm. meditation, what it did, what is it aligns all of the most important points mm-hmm. into a certain structure, into a certain position. Mm-hmm. So it can help the blood flow. It has a lot of benefits. So when you're actually doing salad, like every every movement you're doing, lifting your arms, saying the words you're saying, mm-hmm. especially the words, you know, like I remember one sheikh saying that every word you're saying, like every word you're reading from Quran, Allah gets back to you. For every word you say, don't take Islam as a one-dimension thing. It's 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 more complicated than, than that. It's like human beings. You need to learn how to understand it to see the full potential of it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I'm trying to learn as well. How to be more focused, especially in in salat. I'm not sure if it happens to you as well, but we tend to. Uh, think the question is not if it happens. doesn't if it happens to me. The question is who it doesn't happen to. <laughs> I mean, I have never met I have, I've never met someone or heard someone say. I'm perfectly uh, focused Present. 100% during Masala. I mean, uh, uh, apart from the Prophet, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I agree. Especially I agree. these days uh, with our mind yeah. Uh, filled yeah. with it's, so much, it's, it's, it's so difficult. It's more difficult. Yeah. So yeah. this is like one of, the, Salah. So one of the, this is one of the practices I'm trying to do, you know, trying to, to, to see the beauty of things so I can, focus more and give it you know it's like we say you know so i can give it its full right yeah so i can yeah. focus on it and give it you know the, it's it's full of given concentration and this is what we should do actually we should we are supposed to do that well it's very difficult i can tell you uh, yeah yeah definitely um it's not easy for me neither and uh, again i don't know anyone who doesn't complain uh, of lack of focus in salah Uh, there is also one of the things I'm learning how to do. What I what I wanted to do was like read the Quran, right? Mm-hmm. Previously, what I did, especially in Ramadan, was I read a bunch of papers mm-hmm. for every Salat, right? And usually for every day, I just read like two papers by Salat or something like that. So what, what I am doing now is changing this. Mm-hmm. Because usually what I do is that I overwhelm my, myself when I want to do something. Like I ask for myself more than I can handle. Uh-huh. And okay. what I learned is that, especially in Islam, what Islam wants you to do is to go step by step. So that's what I do. So for example, like I told you, like right, right now what I want to do, well, Bob Proctor brought something interesting when I was watching his his uh, seminar around the paradigm shift course again. Sorry, I'm mentioning him a lot today. No, no worries. <laughs> So he said he he said he was reading Napoleon Hill's book, mm. and he said he like sometimes stayed in one paper one month or more. Why he said that? He said because like every day he he looked an insight from what he was reading. It's like every day he looks something different. He, he one month on a page. Yeah, one month or on one page, and, and that's like, and that's the book of a human being. Yeah, that's the book of. And so he looks. It just like, it just made me think like how we can spend our whole life like like scholars, they are literally spending decades and decades yeah. and decades uh, on the Quran and they'll never get to the to the bottom of it. It's so yeah, deep and uh, yeah. so yeah, Subhanallah. It's amazing. That's what I. So what I'm doing like these days is like what I do is like I read only one, one. It's like one paper, and mm-hmm. what I do is like I read it. I like listen to the reader, read mm-hmm. it myself, and go through tafsir. Mm-hmm. 
and I actually pick it the most simple one because I'm not I'm not the most brilliant individual in Arabic (laughs) (laughs) but I pick it the most simple one and what I do is like I don't only read it I also like reflect back on how it's affecting my life and I can tell and I can tell you I at least get get I at least get two goosebumps in in the day I believe it's powerful that's like my routine going back a little bit to to maybe your work what's more uh, work related so what is it now that you are looking uh, looking to do in the world yeah so my legacy what I want people to remember when I die is I think it's that this is like what I want to teach other people is that we can do anything if we learn how to take resourcefully think in a way that's what we, what they call these days resourcefulness we can solve and i can say that confidently we can solve any problem not by having a lot of money not by having a lot of resources but by thinking creatively on how we can solve it using the means we have we don't have to go search for the best out there we just need to focus here we have everything it takes to do what we want to do So that's like my what I want to teach people how to, you know, it's like when 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 I was part of the project, like you mentioned, this my project. One of the things they did was that they gave us a very limited budget. I, I might say a very meager budget. Mm-hmm. And they gave us three days mm-hmm. to solve the problem right? that we that we identified. We did it in two days and we left at least, I think, like one third of the budget. Why? Because like we were having fun, we used we we were very creative. It's like every day was like a ch- it was a challenge for us. Like it was a challenge for us. We learned how to, you know. It's like each one of us came up with a solution, right? Mm-hmm. And every time we're like, but we don't have this one here. No problem. We, we can use this one here. We have like another substitute material that we can use. Mm-hmm. And like when the budget started becoming tight, we're like, no issue. We will just you know. For now, we will see how we can rearrange the budget, you know, like spend more here, but spend less here. Mm-hmm. Like we were very creative around how we can use our resources. And I can tell you any kind of problem. We have a lot of problems, mm-hmm. but the problem that we do is like, you know, it's like in, usually like in AI, we have something like called deep learning, right? So it's like it's like a huge, it's like when you when you bring a huge knife mm-hmm. to cut, to cut an apple. Mm-hmm. Huge knife, and you just want to cut a small apple. Uh-huh. Why do you need a huge knife? You just need a normal knife, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a knife you can just right. So this is like the mistake we do when we have a problem. Our brain only tends to think of the problem like a huge block, mm-hmm. like a huge monster. Mm-hmm. We give it more importance than it should relate to. So this is like what I want to teach the world. Apart like from doing that, what I want to do is to demystify this thing around wealth creation. I always thought it was very hard to have money. Mm-hmm. That you need to work really hard, more hours, do something really crazy. But these days, I'm learning how to demystify that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I'm learning people actually doing very simple things that are very boring, and they're getting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it's like wealth creation does not depend on on you having a bunch of money to do more money or you working in your Or having the idea of the century. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Having the idea of the century. Mm-hmm. You just actually need to sit down and think of how to serve the people, how to how to solve like, a know, problem, like, um, how to yeah, solve a problem, to, how, to, mm-hmm. how to help them. Because like, if you're bringing value to other people, 
they would pay you for it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's 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 like the that's one of the things I really wanna spread as an, as an idea. So it's about resourcefulness and it's about the fact that everyone can actually become wealthy, especially in this era. We can all become wealthy if we really want to. Mm-hmm. We just need to know what we want to do and how to do it. Really sounds good. Well, what would be the message uh, or the piece of advice you would like to give to any younger sister uh, listening listening to, to you now? Yeah, don't think life too seriously. That's the very simplest advice I can tell you. And actually, like, God always reminds us of that. He, mm-hmm. you know, God tells us life is a play. And it's repeated a lot in Quran, right? Mm-hmm. So the the gist of this, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do what you have to do. What I'm saying is that don't get too angry with things. Don't get too anxious. Don't get until you ruin your health, you know, get sad over something. That's actually the biggest thing I want to tell you all. So think of life like an adventure so or a game. You have some, you know, you have some levels you need to hit. You will be facing challenges for sure. You will be facing failures. You will you fall head first. You're like you will be facing lots of monsters. Mm-hmm. All the thing you need to remember is this: it is an adventure, and so learn how to play and live. That means work. You know, to do something meaningful in this world. We're not here. We're not. I believe. I strongly believe. We're not here to work to get money. We're not here to so so we can survive. We're not here to survive. We're here to grow. If you still haven't understood that, I invite you to really like reflect on it. We're just here to grow. Because if you want to if you want to become a better Muslim, you need to grow. You need to face challenges. You need to you need you need something to make your heart really life really hard. So you can understand the lessons. So you can unlock an insight. So you can um, get you know deeper in your Islam principles so you can understand how things come at play so you can understand God's power in everything that we do God's forgiveness you need to go through life with the bad and the good and the you know the between yeah subhanallah. that's why you need to think of it like an advantage uh, I love it I love it so basically not complaining whenever something bad happens to us yeah take take a step back and reflect about uh, how you can grow, how, what you can learn, what you can do better. Yeah. And accept that it's part of life. We're not in paradise. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I it's agree. Not, and no, no, because, there are, you know, people are always complaining about, you know, not having yeah. everything like they want. To. Yeah, it's not paradise here. So um, I, I, think I think it's a, it's a great advice uh, to, to put things in perspective again, yeah. being balanced and never put your health at risk yeah. that's the problem there are, there are i believe like this is what i strongly believe in do not put your values or your health at anyone's control it's yours and don't let anyone challenge that like if something is challenging your values be it your work be it your i don't know your family don't let anyone cross that because they are who makes you you, and they are they are what keeps you healthy, and they are they they are what keeps you going. So don't cross that. If there is like if there is anything that's like you know destroying your peace of mind, this is like my own view of the world. Mm-hmm. If there is anything that destroys my peace of mind, I will stop it. 
because mm-hmm. when you're in it's peace priceless. of mind, you can get everything, right? Yeah. When, but when you're not in, you know, when you're not, when you don't have your peace of mind, things just go really wrong. You get like sick, you get really badly sick. Nothing, you feel like nothing is working out. You complain every day. I can tell you that I'm an expert at complaining. <laughs> That's really um, a great uh, piece of advice that you gave us. Before we conclude, I wanted to ask you, is there anyone you want to see or you would like to see on this podcast as a guest? Yeah, sure. So I have a friend. She's called Sofia Borhim. She's actually a Moroccan as well. She has a Microsoft PhD fellow and she, wo- and she works public um, company that is actually like around financial and all of that. And I really love how she, she's an AI too, by the way. And I really love her way of living her life, right? She has some interesting principles. She doesn't get angry easily. She's not like me. <laughs> she's not overly excited. And I really love the way she mixes both her fate because like it's like if you feel like almost everything is around her her islamic principles so what i'm really curious about is how she lives her lives through those islamic principles you know i would really be interested to know how she navigates it because she's really amazing as a you know as a as a woman as a as a person as a as a professional she sounds to be some someone very interesting mashallah To finish, where can people find you um, to find out uh, more about you? Yeah. So please just type my name. It's Sarah Atef. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me anywhere. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, like whatever you can think of. But please, if you really want to reach out to me, like if you have a question or something, please reach out to me through LinkedIn. I am more available there mm-hmm. because I check it like at least daily. The other social media, sometimes I might, it might take like longer for me to answer. Okay, And great. feel free to ask me anything. You can ask me about anything like okay. AI, computer science, life, whatever you. Mashallah. I make sure to, to put your uh, LinkedIn profile and um, the other social media handle that you have in the, in the description. Thank you so much, Sarah, for this very interesting um, conversation. Oh, um, it was a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, it was really Um, a pleasure to have you and I'm also very curious as you can imagine and hearing from different people their perspectives um, is very enriching for me we can have same values same principles but it doesn't mean that we all think the same and that we all follow the same journey Alhamdulillah (laughs) Alhamdulillah yeah yeah so um, mashallah thank you so much for being um, here uh, with us so anyone who wants to reach out to you they they can do that on LinkedIn same for for myself Um, if you have any questions if you want to see someone here on the podcast please make sure to leave a comment and uh, send your questions uh, you'll have all the all the data the details in the description to reach out uh, to me as well Jazakallah khairan Sarah thanks again for being uh, with me today and wishing you all the best may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all the success um, in this life and the next I mean thank you very much Sophie for the invitation I really appreciate it And I wish you all lots of success and may Allah guide you to the best. Amin, amin, wa yaki. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.